Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. When he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurions replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abram, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Joined by the great Jennifer McClish. And uh, man, we just got out of the Sermon on the Mount. (laughs) And, you know, just like I've... I imagine, you know, you're putting together the gospel according to Matthew. <laughs> you come out, out of the Sermon on the Mount, you got to have a, a big punch to keep the momentum up. Right. And Matthew definitely delivers. Yeah, like, he really does. It, it goes from this great uh, teaching moment to these two incredibly powerful stories. Yeah. Um, and, and accounts of Jesus the healer. Yeah. Um, so, Jennifer, there's... There's a lot, There's a lot happening in There's these a lot stories. We can talk about. There's a lot of like subliminal Hebrew culture things yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and you know, Old Testament implications and whatnot. So yeah. what do you see uh happening in these two accounts of healing uh in Matthew eight? Well, I think um, like you said, after <laughs> I love that he finishes this incredible sermon and then he gets up and he 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 gets to work like he goes yeah. out there and starts. He doesn't go to the green kinda, room. Yeah. No, no, he doesn't. So this is Jesus is always teaching and also doing you know the works of his father, and so he's he's showing us. Um, I mean, honestly, this is like the nature of the kingdom of heaven is there's going to be it's healing, right? And um, there people are made whole, but then also there's a he's also kind of showing us by interacting with these people what. You know, we were talking before about what, how are you in this kingdom? How do you get in? And that it's a heart posture. It's it's repentance. It's looking to Christ in in faith and and receiving this, um, recognizing that it's by grace alone. Like it's complete gift, and you receive it through repentance and faith in Christ. 
And so we're going to see like different people interacting with Jesus mm-hmm. through the gospel in Matthew. And it, it's very instructive about like what real faith looks like. So, yeah. um, but I think it's interesting that it starts off with the leper, like you said, Hebrew culture, this is going to have strong implications, but then also a Gentile and on top of it, a Gentile who's Roman soldier. So he yeah. has like kind of two big strikes against him. Yeah. Yeah. And then tomorrow we're going to talk about a Jewish woman being healed. And it's interesting to think of all those three together because they're all outsiders Mm. of Jewish culture. And so this is Mm -hmm. also very much telling us like there is a power for the powerless, um, that outsiders are being brought in and that this is who Jesus is and just reckon recognizing, you know, how we're, we're all on the outside and we need to be brought in, um, by Jesus. Like there's mm-hmm. no way in based on just your, um, mm-hmm. you know, your, it's, not, it's not a birthright. It's yeah. not an ethnic thing. Um, yeah. It's not a, it, it, again, pointing us to its posture of the heart. So yeah, I guess um, we could start with the leper, what yeah. that means. Obviously we know lepers were known as, um, you know, unclean. In fact, they had to, there Extremely. were all these Levitical laws um, dealing with, how they could participate or honestly be how they had to be separated from the community of the Israelites. Um, They themselves had to yell unclean, unclean. If anyone, you know, even came um, started moving towards them. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting thing to think. And that's very important because, you know, God is trying to teach us something about the nature of sin. I mean, for one, he was protecting the people from like contagious, you know, skin diseases, but also more importantly, it was teaching us something about the heart that, that unclean things, if they touch something else, like it only makes the the clean thing unclean. Like mm-hmm. a, an unclean thing can never make itself clean. Something has to be done in order to make the unclean clean. So that's interesting when you see this unclean person we goes into a crowd. So he's yep. <laughs> he's he's making his way through a crowd. He's not yelling unclean, but he's going straight to Christ and or to Jesus and asking him. Um, and acknowledging that he can heal him if he will. Mm-hmm. So in no way questioning his ability, but completely coming in that humble posture that we were talking about that indicates a heart that recognizes, um, you know, I don't deserve, this would be a gift and that you are able to do it, but also completely trusting Jesus' goodness um, and his character, like, whether or not he was healed or not in no way takes away from who Jesus is in the eyes of this leper. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love uh, just to go directly with what you're saying Um, in the Levitical system, uh, you know, and and it's similar to how we, you know, know like germs and whatnot operate, but a clean thing does not make an unclean thing pure by coming in contact, but no, it's the opposite. It, it's the opposite. It's, it becomes unclean. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, if a healthy person like comes in close contact with someone with the flu, their health does not like transmit <laughs> onto the person with the flu. Right. But instead the flu is transmitted it, to them, yes, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And uh, that's just like the nature, like it's reflected in nature, yeah. the nature of like uncleanness and, yeah. and you know, like, uh, uh, I'm looking for the word, the opposite of sterilization, whatever, contamination. Contamination, there, there you go. Um, And so this is like a very profound claim about Jesus that's being illustrated here is that as he comes in contact with yes. impurity, he actually sends out 
purity. He sends out cleanness. Yes. And like that to our minds is counterintuitive and crazy, but especially uh-huh. to like a, a deeply Hebrew mind, that is like absolutely counterintuitive. Right. And, you know, it's because he is the fulfillment of the law. Like he is the accomplishment of all righteousness. Yes. And, you know, there, there's so much like from the Sermon on the Mount and just uh, and the virgin birth and like a lot of theology that that goes into that. Um, but like, you know, that is something that carries over to 21st century Christians like that. Hmm. We have a God who is not contaminated by sin. Right. But that when we come to him sinful and filthy. Yes. We are given purity uh, we are made clean, you know, that he chooses to re- not remember our sins against us. Yes. And uh, so that is like absolutely profound that, you know, there there isn't like a, a ritual to get yourself ready to meet Jesus. The ritual is this recognition that he makes in verse two where he says, Lord. So, you know, first mm-hmm. of all, recognizing Jesus' authority, authority, his lordship. Yeah. Yeah. If you will, you can make me clean. Not if you can, will you make me clean? But if (laughs) you will, will. it is perfectly within your power to do it. Yeah, and that's you know we'll get into the centurion next, but it's the exact same heart that they share, which is that there's no question surrounding the authority of Jesus. There's no question surrounding you know the the purity of Jesus, the cleanness of Jesus. Um, it's only, you know, this this cry for help. It's this poor in spiritness mm-hmm. and this hungering and thirsting mm-hmm. uh, for righteousness and right standing. Um and, and so that's it's really profound. And you know, I love that it moves it moves from a leper, which is like kind of like the low down despicable. Exactly. The and, most outsider. Yeah. yeah and, and the outsiders. And yeah. Then to the centurion, which is like the high and mighty despicable. You know, <laughs> right. it's like, yeah. it goes from like. The, he has worldly position. Exactly. But he still has zero like thing to com- commend himself to God. Totally. Like, so it, that's very important to realize. Like, it's not just the down and outers that need Jesus. Yeah. It's the most successful in this worldly system that we have, like you, they desperately need Jesus. Absolutely. So he's telling us something again, really and, profound. And it's where like Jesus is such a mystery because there's not one type of person that he associates with in his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I think there's, there's different streams, like sort of a, a pragmatic understanding of the ministry of Jesus would say like, Jesus was like really positioning himself to like, have the most influential ministry possible. It's like, no, like he, he was like wasting time with his leper. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like, I would say uh, an overly distorted, like social justice focused gospel would say like Jesus only associated with like the low down for mm-hmm. God and whatever. But it's like, he's also like with the in crowd hated, you know, yeah. like oppressive centurion. Right. right. Um but reaching towards him in grace um, yes. because he has faith. So what do you see in this uh, story of the centurion? Well, um, I mean, you can see like a the heart of the centurion is definitely unlike, um, you know, what you would expect, let's mm-hmm. say. Because for one thing, like you said, he calls him Lord. Yeah. So, I mean, these were, you know, the Romans were the, the ruler. I mean, there was no one higher than them. So this is a, a Jewish teacher there's no reason for him to call him Lord other than like he recognizes, like you said, that he's the 
he is um, the son of God. But also in this like Greco-Roman world, um, slaves had no, um, he would have had no concern for a slave in his Mm. household. I mean, that would have been equal to like your animal. You know, it's like a possession. Like, I mean, your animals, your slaves. I mean, it's just like, the yeah. this level of concern would not have been in keeping with the general cultural um understanding of this person who worked for the century and yet mm-hmm. he does have regard mm-hmm. for this person and he's going to so you can already see there's like something in this man's heart that is a humility and an otherness about him that is you know seeking Jesus um healing for him and then like you mentioned um he is totally uh, recognizes Jesus authority. And I think there's also like a humility when Jesus says like, Oh, I'll come. And he's like, well, no, like you can't even be, you shouldn't be in my house. Like he mm-hmm. recognized Jesus is too great. Like he's kind of like, don't, don't come into my house. I, but I know that you could just say the word and um, my slave would be healed. So just goes back to that. Faith is confidence mm-hmm. in Jesus but a great humility that recognizes you don't deserve anything from him. And yet you see his character, his whole um, posture toward the world is to save, to seek and to save the lost. And so you recognize his goodness and you're willing to like, you know, something of his mercy. So you, you go in confidence to ask, but Mm. you still ask. Um, recognizing that it's a complete gift. Yeah. And that just shows us like, well, that's like what saving faith is right Absolutely. I love, uh, you know, Jesus in kind of the wake of all this, this like conversation. uh, He says, you know, I I tell you with no one in Israel have I found such faith. Mm. And then he says, and this is like so stunning and, and beautiful. I tell you, many will come from the East and from the West and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is setting the stage for the church, right? Like, yeah. and it's building right off of, um, this is not like Jesus introducing a new theme into the Bible. No. Um, but he, he is like singing right in harmony with, with Isaiah and, and all these prophets who have, uh, Zephaniah, you know, all these prophets right. who foretold the that Psalm 107, the the East and the West. I know Absolutely. people are going to come. I mean, it's all through the Old Testament. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, like if we read this with like a, a Israel slash Palestine, like centric view of the world mm-hmm. and then position ourselves in that, mm-hmm. like that's us that he's talking about. Right? <laughs> right. Like, you know, like we when we look at a world map and a globe, you know, we naturally like view America as like the middle of the globe and then everything else is like far east. <laughs> yeah, far revolving west. around yeah. But it's like, you know, we are from like the the western edges of, <laughs> yeah, of this of like this cultural world. Perf- yeah. I mean they didn't even know that that uh <laughs> it existed. The new yeah. world was out yeah. there. Right. And uh and so it's so powerful of like, you know, this is this is the mission of Jesus. It's it's not just um, you know, political liberation of the of the nation of Israel. Right. But it's a one new man in place of two. Yes. You know, it's the people who have nothing in common having all in common. Common, right. Uh, and being sons of Abraham, sons of yeah. Isaac and Jacob. And again, reminding us because he's going to wrestle with the people a lot, especially the religious leaders about what a son of Abraham is and that righteousness was accounted to yeah. Abraham 
Isaac and Jacob by their faith. Yeah. Um, again, just doubling down on this whole thing that he's just preached about. Absolutely. And now he's like, you know, acting it out on these really beautiful, like stunning pictures of grace, what true faith is, confidence yeah. in God's um, way of salvation and God's promises that are fulfilled in Christ himself. Amen. Amen. And, you know, as we close, it's a good note, just as we are watching the plot of Matthew develop, um, you know, right now there, there's not a whole lot of opposition that we <laughs> see. But, you know, I, I do think it's good to keep a pulse on, on like, the the Jesus is like making very offensive statements to certain crowds of people. I mean, he's already uh, talked about the hypocritical scribes and Pharisees in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and now he's totally reversing Levitical law with this leper. And he's saying that this this dirty centurion pig that they would have viewed him as, yeah. that he's going to recline at a table with Abraham, Abraham. while sons of Abraham miss the kingdom out. of God and are cast out. Um, and so we're going to see like, you know, the, the heat is going to rise and yeah. it's good to know, like it's starting now. You <laughs> it's know? starting like, now. It's yeah. happening. Don't miss what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Man, a great word. Uh, and, and man, we should just have such hearts of worship and, and, and gratitude. And I just thinking of, of these words from uh, the old sin or uh, the old hymn, come ye sinners, um, come ye, Come ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. Mm. And uh, I just love that, to come to Jesus in faith, knowing that he can and uh, and, he will and he will look with favor on those who turn to him in faith. Mm. The great Jennifer McClish, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.